Julian Arnold considers himself a jokester when not playing pickleball. But on the court, this professional is known for his fiery personality. So in this episode, we talk about the importance of finding the right intensity level for peak performance on the pickleball court. Let's get to the intro to hear from Julian. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I would like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, Julian Arnold. How are you doing today, Julian? I'm doing well, Lynn. Thanks for asking. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Excited to be here and share a little bit about myself. Awesome. Well, I love it when I initially connect with somebody the day before and then are able to get together and schedule and actually do the interview, especially since you are a professional player, you're a road warrior, but we'll get into more of your background. But I do always like to start a little bit with kind of your backstory, how you found the game and how long ago that was. Yeah. So I first started playing pro of... 2021. So a little over a year ago is the first time I had a paddle in my hand. Was going through a little bit of like a down time in my life. I had a, a golden retriever pass away that was very close to me and my family. And and at the time I was just teaching tennis and my clients kind of could see that I wasn't my energetic self. And one of them recommended that maybe I get away from work and find something a little bit more social. And, and that thing was was pickleball. So I started going out once a week just with some clients and eventually a group that would meet up and initially hated it. But I think most tennis players coming into the sport kind of scoff at it, but I stuck with it and eventually really fell in love with the sport. And I'm glad I didn't put the paddle down. So, so yeah, that's kind of how I initially started. And then, and then a couple months later, I'd, my competitiveness kind of kicked in and said, Hey, maybe I can give this a go. And I signed up for the PPA Orange County cup last year. And that was my first pro experience. I played pro singles and got my butt kicked, but uh, it definitely hooked me into the whole process of wanting to, to train and get better at this sport that so many of us love. You had mentioned your dog and kind of your relationship with your golden retriever. I saw a photo in, I think, I'm trying to remember, I think it was actually maybe Jan Picklebelly who had it on the YouTube video that I saw. I mean, that was an absolutely gorgeous dog and it looks like you took it everywhere. Yeah, so I I got Izzy from a friend that just wasn't able to take care of her and it was a little bit tough for her during that time of her life she was still finishing up her last year at Cal Poly. So I had Izzy from about 8 months until she unfortunately passed away at a little, little over 9 years old, which is pretty young for a golden of cancer. So it was pretty drastic and sudden with the with how she got sick and it, it was really really tough for me and especially my mom too who 
I eventually ended up gifting the dog to her just because I had, I ended up spending a little bit of time at home in between places and she just fell in love with the dog and which is, which was not hard to do Izzy was a really special golden retriever. And like you said, very obedient and definitely went with me everywhere. So whether I was teaching or, or just hanging out with friends, she was tagging along and just kind of being my sidekick wherever I went. So, so yeah, that was really tough. And, and yeah, I needed something to kind of distract myself from this somewhat depression that I had slipped into just losing someone that was so close to me. So I'm glad that my, my clients, my friends, they were gracious enough to introduce me to pickleball, which definitely helped distract me at first. And now has has grown into a very, very strong passion of mine. And so when you started playing the pickleball, did you ever imagine that you would become a road warrior, a professional traveling around the country every week playing tournaments? Definitely not. You know, I was still very much set in slow and just San Luis Obispo where I'm from. So I was just, just kind of doing it for fun. I was still teaching tennis full time. I remember thinking when I initially signed up for my first pro tournament, I was like, dang, these, these pro entry fees are pretty expensive. They're 130 bucks a pop. And then if you want to spend the whole week or almost half a week there playing all three events, you're looking at probably a a thousand bucks just in expenses. So to me, that was a little pricey just to be doing something as a hobby, at least at this point in my life. So I, I didn't really initially think that this would be something that I would be doing full time. But thankfully, I have a really good friend of mine who also just loves pickleball. And we've known each other since I was probably, we were probably about 12 growing up together. And he approached me and kind of came up with the whole idea of going in full time in this whole pickleball endeavor together. So I'm kind of obviously focusing on the on-court stuff and he's more of the business side of it. And it's been, it's been an amazing opportunity for me. And I just couldn't pass that up when, when he came knocking. So yeah, I'm just kind of fortunate that everything has kind of fallen in my lap the way it has. So yeah, I'm just very thankful that I'm even able to do what I'm doing because I do know that there are many pros that that probably struggle with expenses or, or aren't able to play as many tournaments as they would like because of either having to work or just you're balancing making money versus spending it. That's a tough thing to do when you're trying to promote yourself. Absolutely. And pickleball is definitely getting to that point where to be competitive at the highest professional levels, you do need to be devoted full time. And is that something that you think is really kind of behind your really significant rise in the rankings in both singles and doubles? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think I have to contribute 
a decent amount of my success just to my tennis background. And I think you're seeing that trend as well, that there are more and more ex-college tennis players coming into the sport and kind of immediately picking up the paddle and being a automatic 5-0 and then with a little dedication can play pro. And even more so on the single side where it seems to be a little bit more of a natural transition from tennis to pickleball. But I couldn't agree more with your statement of whether you need to be taking it full time if you're really thinking about making a name for yourself in this sport. I think the the day and age for treating this as just a hobby has come and gone. And I think you're going to see a lot of new names coming through that are really dedicated to, to doing this full time. And, and yeah, I mean, it's definitely trending more and more towards a legitimate professional sport instead of just a, a backyard hobby. I know you had said you had been on the road a lot, especially since the U.S. Open. And you moved from San Luis Obispo to, I think, the Austin, Texas area. What was the reason for the move? First and foremost, my buddy that I just uh, referred to, who's been assisting me with this whole process, he lives out there. So he's been in Austin for, I want to say about seven years. And it just made sense since I was going to be on the road so much to not be paying rent in California where I was just kind of going to waste, even though I do have my mom in San Luis Obispo. I can always go back and visit. I'm actually going to go visit after this next weekend, after, uh, after this tournament here in, at uh, Bobby Riggs. So. So it just made more sense to uh, to be there, and and also just happens to be a just fantastic place for practice. So I really lucked out with the fact that he's already in Austin, and that so many pro players are moving to the area. Whether it's relocating to Dreamland, the facility out in Dripping Springs, or just somewhere in Austin, so. Yeah, there's probably about, I'd say, 50, yeah, without counting everyone, I want to say maybe close to 15 of really legit pro players, names that that just the everyday pickleball fan would recognize. So it's a really good spot for practice and to improve. So I just want to take a second and break in here and thank Club Pickleball for sponsoring this episode. When I first saw Club Pickleball's paddle selection, I thought, wow, these are some of the best designs I have ever seen. The color and the patterns are amazing, and the edge guard even coordinates with the graphite paddle face. What's better is you can create your own custom paddle designs. So go to playpickleball.club and get 20% off everything through the end of July. Plus, you can use promo code PICKLEBALLFIRE10 for an additional 10% off. Now, when people see you playing in tournaments and on the court, I mean, the first thing that popped up when I did a little background research on you was everybody talking about, we'll call it kind of your fiery persona. 
on on the court. Can you kind of describe what that is for you and how it helps you? Yeah. That's something that I've always done since I've started playing tennis. I'm just, I think naturally I just, I am, I'm very competitive and I, I really enjoy competition and then combine that with my high energy. You, you get a guy that's out there yelling and screaming a lot. So yeah, for me, it's all for my benefit. I think for me to play my best, I need to be high energy. I need to be intense. And that really brings out the best in, in, in me. And I think from an outside perspective, it, it does look like a lot. And I've definitely been one of the first to admit that uh, what I do on the court is definitely more than most, but I've never meant it to be I've never meant it to be like antagonistic or towards my opponent at all. I, I really do it strictly for my benefit and and I try not to seem like a total jerk out there. I actually really do pride myself on trying to be a gentleman on the court and that's where I think if you do watch my matches you'll see yes a lot of celebrations for myself but generally on points that I think are more deserving. I'm not going to do it on a let cord or, or something on someone's mistake. And on the other side of the coin, I will definitely clap or uh, you'll see me tapping my paddle a decent amount when I have my opponent hit a, an excellent shot on me. So I, I kind of feel like I give credit where credit is due, whether it's to myself or to my opponent. But yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, I'm doing it just to keep me focused. Otherwise, I tend to get a little lackadaisical, maybe even a little jokey out there. I tend to be kind of a funny guy off the court. So I think that can kind of slip into my competition at times if I'm not being my fiery self. Um, I think that, that's where I... It's that's where I find the biggest difference between pickleball and tennis is that you're so close in proximity and it's easier to crack jokes or talk to your opponent, especially if I'm playing someone who I'm friends with and the pickleball world is so small. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty easy to become friends with a lot of, your competitors, which is not always the greatest thing for, for getting results. So I think it's part of my way of separating the friendships versus, okay, now it's time to go on the court and kind of take care of business. That is a really good point. And I think in certainly on the Pickleball Fire podcast, I rarely have done interviews where we talked about intensity and it's kind of like everybody needs to find their own optimal level of intensity to play at their peak. If you take that one to 10 scale, where would you say you fall on it? Yeah, that's a great point. I would say for me personally, I, I'm probably like an eight and at times maybe all the way up to a 10. 
but uh, I think I'm probably playing my best when I'm sitting around an eight. But yeah, I mean, that's a great point that you bring up. Not everyone operates the same way. And I think that's something that everyone can can kind of take a lesson from. Like you look at someone who's maybe fiery and if you're not fiery, you think, oh, maybe that's unsportsmanlike. But I think it's important to understand that everyone operates and performs at a slightly different level. And there's and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I, I like I use JW Johnson as an as a example a lot. Me and JW are pretty good friends and we probably couldn't be more different when it comes to how we conduct ourselves on the court, but ultimately we're just trying to get what's best for us. So I'm operating at an eight and he's operating at like a two or something. So it's just whatever, whatever gets the job done, I suppose. Yes. I would say JW is pretty chill out there. Yeah. Maybe giving him a two was too much. Maybe he's like a one. (laughs) Now you talked about you're probably shooting for an eight. That's going to bring probably your best performance and you touched a little bit about what if, if you're too lax but what if you get up into that 10 range what does that do to your game well i think i haven't run into it as much in pickleball just because the matches aren't as long and i feel like i have just because i've been playing so much i have gotten in better shape but i know from my tennis experience you know what i'm doing on the court it doesn't come without its own cost. So it takes energy to fire up like that. And I've on long tennis days, I have cramped and I've had my body run out of gas near the end of of tournaments. But I think it can be a little bit stressful and, and taxing on the body to try to maintain that 10 level of intensity the whole time almost to the point where it can be maybe even unhealthy so uh, i like to try to describe it as i want to be out there kind of playing with a controlled aggression or or a, a controlled energy and obviously that can mean different things for different people but you know for me that's trying to keep it a little bit dialed back and not just going absolutely crazy on the court. I think sometimes also when I'm operating at that higher intensity, I can maybe let some negativity creep in. I think usually I do a pretty good job of trying to stay positive and motivating myself. And I talk to myself a lot in the third person, almost like, like I'm my own coach out there, but Sometimes it can get a little bit destructive if if the intensity is so high that I'm expecting perfection out of every shot, which ultimately doesn't really help me get to my goal, which is winning the match. So, so yeah, that's, I guess, my two cents on not trying to stay at a 10 all the time. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. And you, you kind of, we start kind of start up this com- conversation about intensity where you need it to keep focused. And I was curious, what are some of the things in pickleball that might be more distracting than what happened in on the tennis court that could potentially cause you to lose your focus? 
Oh man, that's, that's a great question. That's something that I've been really working on trying to improve on. So there are many things as even though pickleball and tennis seem very similar, there are many things that are different. And I think that are very distracting compared to tennis. So I've, I try to, I've kind of tried to start living by this motto that I need to stop letting the things that are outside of my control distract me or anger me, whether it's maybe playing on a, a court that's got temporary lines, which are just tape on them, or, or for instance, like maybe you're playing with a temp net or you're on a court because these pickleball courts are generally four pickleball courts on a tennis court. Maybe your court is the one court that's next to the gate where everyone enters. So now all of a sudden you're getting refs and players and people trying to warm up who are constantly kind of coming in and out of your court, causing slight interruptions, balls that are coming on from other courts just because you're in much closer proximity. I think also the fact that pickleball there's a lot of points in pickleball that are won with just a simple error from your opponent, right? And and I kind of alluded to this earlier where I was talking about my fieriness and generally I don't I don't throw out a come on or an andiamo or whatever you want to say when I have my opponent miss like a third shot drop or a simple dink because I think that's more of like oh they kind of messed up. I didn't really do anything. But I think you'll get a lot of that from players just because that's a lot of pickleball right there is more forcing or, you know, errors rather than hitting clean winners all the time. So just little things like that, that I, I think like in tennis, you generally aren't clapping or, or celebrating when your opponent misses a return or double faults or something. And for instance, in tennis, when you get put on a court, that's your court and no one else is coming onto that court. There's a gate with a door for every single court. And generally you're not having someone cross onto your court once your match starts or balls coming onto your court are a lot less frequent. So just these little things that I think just because of my extensive tennis background i've gotten used to it being a certain way but ultimately we're not out there playing tennis we're playing pickleball so i need to be okay with these slight differences and kind of adapt to my new my new environment my new competitive environment out there so right and it sounds like you're working on it and what one thing i want to ask you about before we finish up here is you had said something that you say on the court starts with an A. Was it Andiamo? Andiamo, yeah. It means let's go or come on. Really, it means let's go, but you know you can use it the same way as a come on. It's it's Italian. Okay, cool, cool. All right. Well, to finish up today, anything else we should know about Julian Arnold? I think just a relatively normal, easygoing pretty funny guy at times so you know if you're a fan or a player listening and don't 
I feel like you can't come and approach me because I'm kind of like this, what you think, just a fiery kind of jerk or something. I actually really like talking to fans and and discussing the game and and, and whatnot. So I'm relatively, um, in my opinion, I'm a relatively humble player and and love to to give a little bit back to the fans that support us so much. So so yeah. Yeah, I guess just that I'm not just the person that you see competing on the pickleball court. All right. Well, I have to say I've really enjoyed this interview, Julian, and I thank you so much for being on the Pickleball Fire podcast today. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me, Lynn. It's it's been a real pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes. 